Hello, I'm Indigo. Hi, I'm Maria. And, and we're the Angry... <laughs> Do it again. And we're, we're the, the Angry Buddhas. Buddhas. by overwhelming desires and the suffering that comes from these desires, going unfulfilled. The Japanese term gakai, gaki, prita, I knew a girl named prita, translated as hungry spirit or hungry ghost, originally referred to the dead. This is because the dead were thought to be in a constant state of starvation. The world of hunger is a condition in which our mind and body burn with constant intense craving. When are we not in the world of hunger, really? I mean, I'm just chilling. I think it's when hunger is more like, I would describe it when you're doing something and you're harming yourself for others. Drug addiction. My, I mean, I didn't really have to drink this sugary drink. It's gonna hurt, it hurts. My body doesn't like that. Really? Um, like what happens? Do you get like a headache? Do you no. feel like you want to go to sleep? I know in the long run, it's my body's like, egg girl, this ain't cool. So it's like, cause sugar tolerance is pretty high here in the United States. Cause whereas like people, like a lot of my like international friends, they have our sugar and it's like, Jesus Christ. They feel like, they're like, this shit is too sweet. What's wrong with you people? Cause it's not normal. <laughs> yeah, it's not. There are other spices out there that aren't sugar. Uh, let's see, Nietzsche writes, the realm of a hungry spirit is a pitiful place where driven by starvation they devour their own children. He also said greed is, well I can totally relate to that to my mother in a metaphoric way, like I feel as though, yeah, her choices ate me alive and now she chooses not to be with me because of it. Um, starvation by devouring children, greed is of hungry spirits. To be hungry to the point of devouring one's own children is to be ruled by the misery of craving that knows no bounds. Totally. I can totally relate to that. Not with me and my kids, but desire in itself is neither good or bad. Without a sense of hunger, when our bodies need nourishment, we would starve to death. Desires and wants can provide impetus for self-improvement. Yeah. For human advancement, the world of hunger, however, we are unable to use desires creatively. Right. We become slaves to them and suffer as a result. The world of animals. The world of animals or animality is characterized by motivation based on immediate gain or loss rather than on reason or logic. Nietzsche and Daishonin says foolishness is of animals. When in the state of animality, one acts based on instinct or impulse, unable to distinguish between right and wrong, good and evil. Nietzsche also writes, it is the nature of beasts to threaten the weak and fear the strong. And that the realm of animals is characterized by the need to kill or be killed. Interesting because like when you talk about those guys on the train, uh, it's like they were all in this world at that moment, I think, along with other, right? Because you can be in more than one world at one time. I really feel like I'm in the, all of them constantly and it's like a hurricane or a tornado most of the time. <laughs> um, in the world of animality, people lack reason and conscience, seeing life as a struggle for survival in which they are willing to harm others to protect themselves, unable to look beyond the immediate, they cannot plan for the future. Such a state of ignorance ultimately leaves, but okay, so that's good. I don't feel like I am live on a day-to-day -day basis like that, but I do feel that we all have our it's like an ins it's like animal instincts though too in a way. Such a state of ignorance only leads to suffering and self-destruction. While Buddhism draws from the ancient Indian tradition in associating this life of life with animals, in reality, animals can exhibit qualities such as loyalty and selflessness from which humans can gain by learning. And animals play an irreplaceable role in supporting human life. Human beings, on the other hand, can be capable of baseness and cruelty, such as seen in wartime, that surpass anything in the animal world. Because of the worlds of hell, 
hungry spirits and animals all represent conditions of suffering. They are collectively known as the three evil paths. Ooh, so maybe we need to know about that. But I do think that we should start to record something. I've been recording the whole time. Oh, nice. See? And <laughs> I've been I've, surfing on my drink, though. <laughs> I love it. I want to hear all of that. I hear, hear all of that. <laughs> okay. So now, all right, so now that we know that we're recording. We didn't do an intro. Yeah, we just we just read that so we could get familiar. But yeah, I'm Maria. I'm Indigo drinking a Dutch Bros coffee. And we this are... This podcast not sponsored. <laughs> by Dutch Brothers. Maybe in the future. <laughs> Doubt it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we're the Angry Buddhas, and today we want to talk about the world of hunger and the world of animals. And we talked about it a little bit earlier. I think a lot of our political leaders around the world, maybe even, are lit in a world of hunger right now seems to be a lot of hungry spirits all around us all the time including us too hey explain what hunger is world of hunger is you can read the whole paragraph the whole section not that long well when did you start recording because I just read it well we didn't do the intro the intro for are are we going to splice it and dice this recording yeah we'll just splice it and dice it alright Plus, um, we have our intro with our mistake that John says. You want to copy and paste it all the time? Yeah, he just says we should use that one over and over. Just Hello, I'm Indigo. Hi, I'm Maria. And, and we're the angry... Julian. <laughs> and we're, we're the, the angry Buddhas. Buddhas. ...characterized by overwhelming desires and the suffering that comes from these desires. Going unfulfilled. The Japanese term... Gakai, Gaki, Prita, I knew a girl named Prita, translated as hungry spirit or hungry ghost. Originally referred to the dead, this is because the dead were thought to be in a constant state of starvation. The world of hunger is a condition in which our mind and body burn with constant, intense craving. When are we not in the world of hunger, really? I mean, we're just chilling. I think it's when hunger is more like. I would describe it when you're doing something and you're harming yourself for others. Drug addiction. My, I mean, I didn't really have to drink this sugary drink. It's gonna hurt. It hurts. My body doesn't like that. Really? Um, like, what happens? Do you get like a headache? Do you no, feel like you want to go to sleep? I know. In the long run, it's my body's like, egg girl, this ain't cool. Cause like, cause sugar tolerance is pretty high here in the United States. Cause whereas like people. Like a lot of my like international friends, they have our sugar, and it's like Jesus Christ. I feel like they're like this shit is too sweet. What's wrong with you people? Because it's not normal. <laughs> yeah, it's not. There are other spices out there that aren't sugar. Uh, let's see. Nietzsche writes: the realm of a hungry spirit is pitiful place where, driven by starvation, they devour their own children. He also said, greed is. Well, I can totally relate to that to my mother in a metaphoric way. Like, I feel as though, yeah, her choices ate me alive, and now she chooses not to be with me because of it. Um, and my children. Greed is of hungry spirits. To be hungry to the point of devouring one's own children is to be ruled by the misery of craving that knows no bounds. Totally. I can totally relate to that. Not with me and my kids, but desire in itself is neither good or bad. Without a sense of hunger, when our bodies need nourishment, we would starve to death. Desires and wants can provide impetus for self-improvement. Yeah. For human advancement, the world of hunger, however, we are unable to use desires creatively. Right. We become slaves to them and suffer as a result. The world of animals. The world of animals or animality is characterized by motivation based on immediate gain or loss, rather than on reason or logic. Nietzsche and Daishonin says foolishness is of animals. When in the state of animality, one acts based on instinct or impulse, unable to distinguish between right and wrong, good and evil. Nietzsche also writes, it is the nature of beasts to threaten the weak and fear the strong. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and that the realm of animals is characterized by the need to kill or be killed. Interesting. <laughs>
nice and nice. Alright. <laughs> okay. So the world of hunger. Okay. Um, I don't have much only thoughts I have are pretty like basic on the world of hunger. Like the need for sugar. Mm-hmm. And sugar is bad, like all around. It's like legalized cocaine pretty much. It's so addicting. And so, um, I, you know, as far as my Buddhist practice, I do use it to overcome that need for sugar. Like, you know, I've been pretty good at it lately. So what I do when I chant is like, you know, I chant for strength and not to succumb to my fundamental darkness. Like, the fundamental darkness is the need to for sugar. And also, like, sometimes I eat out of boredom, like, to feel like a, a some sort of void or something like that definitely yeah and so um i find in those moments too like it's not always easy because like if you're out like we are now and i was like let's go to dutch brothers or you know someone says come over like i wanted you to come over and eat yesterday yeah. and you know like i know when i was dieting it was really like i would go but i would just bring stuff of my own yeah. so that i could like stick to yeah, it control. not insult people but you know but i feel the same way with sugar and caffeine mm-hmm. like And there was a meme about autistic parents, like, it said something like when, you know, 10 cups of coffee just doesn't do it because your kid's been up all night or, you know, whatever. I feel definitely immune to caffeine, but I still pump it in my body because that's what my body's used to. And like you, I chant for willpower. Mm -hmm. I chant to have willpower because for a while I was chanting to lose weight and I felt like we talked about this before I was just reiterating the fact that I wanted to lose weight or that I was heavier than I liked and so it was harder for me to lose weight then than when I sort of switched my idea uh, or my intention when I was in front of the Gahonzin it really helped me and it helped me to have willpower in other areas Mm -hmm. of my life too like exercise and um, you know not having so much sugar not having so much carbs I originally lost 60 pounds and I gained 20 back, but I also quit smoking cigarettes in January. So, but now I would just like to lose 10 of that 20. Like Mm -hmm. I feel most comfortable at 180 pounds. And so, yeah, but I think these are things, yeah, it's a very basic level, right? This world of hunger, everybody can relate to that with something. It comes with, for me, uh, like you're saying how, no willpower, I always, I always think about, it's not just, for me, I, I would like to lose weight, but I think it's more than weight I want to lose. I also want to lose the weight that's in my mind. You know, what's, what is that thing that's... The way that's, you think about yeah, food. Yeah, the way I think about food, the way I think about myself. So I want to <clears throat> develop healthy thinking habits as well as healthy eating habits. And so I lately, I was really proud of myself the other day. I was at a Dunkin' Donuts right down the for my job. And I thought about going in there and buying, like, a donut. But I was like, Indigo, you, got, you just finished your lunch. You don't need that donut. And so I was like, kind of, so I sat in the Dunkin' Donuts for 15 minutes. Like, if you still feel like you want a donut 15 minutes from now, then you can have it. And so then I, you know, I didn't focus on the 15 minutes. I kind of just watched some YouTube videos and whatnot. And the 15 minutes passed. And I was like, I still don't want it. I'm like, all right, then you're good to go just ahead. Because it's just the craving. I, I noticed, like, I noticed myself, my body particular that cravings come and go i if i don't succumb to it they'll go away and then if i talk to myself like you know you don't need this you can you don't don't try and justify giving yourself something sugary just because you had a you worked really hard that that week or you did something good like don't reward yourself with food reward yourself with something else else that's more tangible like treat yourself to the movies or you know binge on a television show you've been meaning to watch like call a friend or like something that's buy not, a top yeah buy go out and shop like yeah. like don't don't eat food indigo you don't have to do that. so i kind of talk to myself i'm kind to myself because when it comes to you know losing weight i don't want to have negative associations with the the, the journey that is weight loss no, and, and getting in shape what i learned in my journey was you can really eat food you love it's how Moderation. yeah it's how you exactly and it's how you prepare it like I have to be honest at this age like when I was your age I was working all the time like you are and 
we would finish our shift at like eight, nine o'clock. I think we talked about this too. And then we go out to eat after. I mean, there was a time in my life where every meal I ate was out. Mm. Now in your twenties, it's not that big of a deal. You have a good metabolism. You're maybe you're working out doing something else too, which I was at the time. Um, but yeah, now I just, it's a whole different ball game. And I find that if I do meal planning mm-hmm. and I cook it myself at home, um, and it's there for me to have throughout the day and the week, um, I usually don't stray. Plus being broke helps because if you have your, you, you know, your food at home and you're broke, there really is no option to go get something out. Yeah. And I've decided to, everything out is a little bad, but you know, yeah. after being successful in weight loss, I also feel that we should reward ourselves. Yeah. And how I lost the weight was once a week I had a cheat meal mm-hmm. and I went to town. It didn't matter what it was, but that's what got me through and it got to the point where that cheat meal, and it was usually out, would make me feel bad. Like you're talking about, it would make me feel sick and bad. And so, yeah, I, I, I think, um, and then we talk about how there's the parts of hunger. There's got to be parts of hunger that are good, right? Yeah, because it talks about desires and wants can provide impetus for self-improvement. And that's what we're talking about right now, too, right? Like... There's something that I we desire, don't like this insatiable yeah. hunger yeah. that we feel like we can't control. Yeah, it's right? kind of, I divert my desire for something else. Like don't don't desire to have this donut or whatever. Desire to le- gain knowledge. I actually like I want to develop better relationships with things and ideas. Like especially I want to read more. And the other day <laughs> I had the feeling of reading, but I didn't do it. But I was like Indigo, you know it would be great if you could read. A couple of pages of Dysalkicator's readings, like go to bed with something positive, because you know we consume so much negativity, you know, and just to end my day with like two pages of his writings to give me some sort of hope, something good to settle in my brain while yeah. I sleep. That's kind of like I'm trying to develop a better relationship with reading. Well, you know, Ariana Huffington wrote that sleep book. She's the CEO of the Huffington Post, and I mean, it's pretty. Petra actually had it, and it's I, I didn't read all of it, but it's amazing, like. You need a ritual before you go to bed. And you're not supposed to have electronics anywhere near you, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think we've all become so sort of numb to all that. But my son, too, his little different brain and biology, you know, he can't do a lot of electronics and noise. And he's affected by it. I think we all are. We just don't know. And again, it goes back to that hunger of, like, we have to have the latest iPhone. We have to be up on the show that everybody else is watching. And, like, why? I never, I don't know, I never wanted to go with the masses. I think that's what I love about Buddhism, too. I mean, we have so many members in so many countries. What, 192, 194? And yet, I don't know about you, but, like, when I encounter someone and I'm saying, oh, I'm going to my Buddhist meeting or, like, at Dutch Brothers, we're like, we're going to record our... Buddhist podcast, nine times out of ten, I hear, I've never met anybody who's mm-hmm. a Buddhist, or they think of like a monk on a mountain, yeah. or, um, so I really like this different way of thinking that the Buddhism gives us, you know, mm-hmm. of turning the hunger, the poison, all of that into something beneficial. Yeah. I'm trying to think of other examples of my, like, hunger. It really is, for me, it's Like, do all you about- want a boyfriend? I do, but... Because that's I, a type of hunger, right? It is a hunger, but I want to make sure I have a healthy, relation, a healthy relationship with the idea of having someone in my life that I would, can call my significant other. Because I, I think it's very important that I develop a, 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 a healthy relationship with being alone. A lot of I was going to say, with yourself is yes, the relationship with being that yourself, you need. Yeah. That's, so I, I remember this one woman... Power and dad. This one woman I was reading on Twitter... Um, she was saying how you have to make 100% with being alone. Like, because if you're not 100% with being alone, and then you think someone else is going to give you the... Sorry, no. We're in our car recording. Isn't that cool, you guys? We're at Mesquite Junior High School. Sorry. Uh, Scratch that. We'll scratch that. We'll We'll scratch that part. I dropped my phone at the same time, too, so it's all good. 
but um, we probably didn't pick it up. Not really. Um, okay, so uh, what I'll say. Sorry. <laughs> Don't tell them where we are. <laughs> but this is a pop-up podcast, remember? Maybe oh. we'll start serving drinks at some point. Okay, maybe like we're at a junior high. Then they'll be like, that's kind of creepy with two adults doing I know. So that's, Sorry. That's, that's, that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> okay, so anyway, what was I saying? Okay, so this lady, she was saying, you know, you know make 100% with being alone. Because if you're like... 85% with being alone and then you think somebody else is going to give you that 15% you're going to kind of be stuck on that person thinking that they do quote unquote complete you mm -hmm. and so then you, you're kind of you get kind of obsessed with the idea of being alone in a negative way like I'd rather be with someone than be alone I don't want to be that person that people think view as broken so then you kind of you're caught up on the ideas of what other people think of you so then you end up in an unhealthy relationship and you take abuse from people even even if not physical abuse is emotional abuse sometimes you know, makes, it can be very subtle too. yeah it's subtle like you know he starts he he doesn't when you bring something up that's positive he wants to bring a negative spin to it he wants to like if you have you been in a long-term relationship I, before? i've never been in a relationship but i listen to other people's stories I'm, and i Sorry. take note of like i don't want that right and like listen to stories and or just friendships like i don't want this in a friend so why would i want this in a, in a significant other a boyfriend you know it seems like you have a healthy um example in yeah. front of you I mean you know everybody has their problems my husband yeah. and I we've been together 16 almost 17 years we have our problems but I think this practice saved us because we found this practice when things were pretty rough it was like we were talking about earlier the housing market crash in 08 my daughter was one and you know we were living in LA barely making it and and um, that's why this Buddhism it often comes into our lives at a time like that too. And I and I was blaming him for everything, mm -hmm. you know. And um, but I think that you're lucky to have parents that are together. Like even my daughter, who's ten, so many of her friends like their parents are married, but not to like their dad or their mom. You know what I mean? Like married to someone else. There's half siblings, step siblings, which I also think that's kind of a cultural thing here in in United States it seems a lot more prevalent here than in a lot of other places um but I think it's cool that your parents are together you know mm -hmm. and that's got to give you some it shows me like you know what I want in a relationship when I or things I don't want because I'm like all right this is what I see what my mom does I see what my dad does I'm like all right this is how they work out and kind of I see the importance of communication so like the guy I want on a date with uh, I don't know. We, we'll call it a hangout. <laughs> um, you, he, the guy you asked, but then he said no, yeah, but then he was, called you. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> so I I like him because he's he's a strong communicator and he has he's very honest and that's kind of what I I admire people who are honest with themselves like they know they know themselves so much and they're comfortable with themselves so much they have standards for what they want when it comes they don't want people that are negative no so that's I, I like people and that's that cool because you attract that like you exude mm -hmm. that so you attract that I think that's something this Buddhist Buddhism really yeah. lets us see plain as yeah, day because everyone because in, in Buddhism everyone is a reflection of you and mm -hmm. actually I was having a conversation with my friend um, Friday night and how because sometimes I don't see it or I take for granted how many positive people I have in my life because sometimes I can get down on myself and be like man like how how like you know, I, I have a lot of self-doubt in, like, in what I do. And people's like, Indigo, you're so nice. And I kind of, like, I always, like, get taken aback when someone calls me nice. I'm like, I, am I, I don't feel nice. I guess No one's ever called yeah. me nice. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, it's just interesting. People say I'm a nice person. I'm funny. I'm just like. You know what my mother used to say to me? You're so abrupt. <laughs> That's what she would say. <laughs> you're very abrupt and you have no patience. And I was saying to your mom when I met her that night that you were going to go do... Well, I don't know if you were just watching, but your friend was there, your hottie friend or whatever. <laughs> and, um, but I was telling her about my son, you know, my non-verbal autistic son and, and how, you know, my friends always joke like, well, he can't get a word in edgewise because you talk all the time, you know, mm -hmm. and, and, but it's true, but it's funny too, and... Um, That's but it's karma. my, but it's like your mom said, it's my karma because, um, now words, um, don't have as much value mm. because that's not how he 
it's strange because he understands everything you say to him, yeah. but he doesn't respond verbally. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's karma because talk about someone who doesn't have patience. Like I've really had to tap into that and I don't know. I'm so glad I had this practice when my son was born and when we realized what was happening with him because I don't know that I would have been able to be like the advocate or have the patience because the practice has given me both of those things, you know, the, the willingness and the patience to persevere through, you know, the worst stuff. Cause like, sorry, not sorry, but as you get older, the stuff gets harder mm -hmm. and sadder mm -hmm. and, um, more frequent. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but again, with this practice, you hope that you can spin it mm -hmm. and, and learn from it and, and make it positive, you know? Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's what it talks about in the world of hunger. <clears throat> if we can't use our desires create creatively, um, and that's what it's saying in the world of hunger, you, you can't, you become a slave to them instead and you just suffer. So that's no fun. Yeah. That's, I kind of don't want to be, I don't want to be a slave to myself that Definitely. like the idea is kind of well in the dialogue like we talk about in your head I mm -hmm. mean you're so beautiful you just got a compliment from <laughs> Dutch Brothers and I always have felt a compliment from another woman is I appreciate it far more and I'm not like is she a lesbian I'm not <laughs> although there's a bank teller at my bank and I think she almost like asked me out last time and it's funny because when you're 45 with two kids married for 17 years you're just like oh I still got it you don't care it. you don't care where you get it from you're just glad you still got it, yeah, got it. <laughs> so yeah but um, that's the thing like it's really important the dialogue what you're talking about that you have with your own self like I follow all these crazy like style and curve and whatever on Instagram and I'm sorry I think bigger women are more beautiful mm. I mean I just think that that is a real woman well that's a, that's the thing too for me like, like a I'll, real man I wants think, that no, Do you I know what I'm saying well for me I'm like a real man can handle that I'm more of a I think all women are real. I think no woman is less than the other. I just think oh, that's society so politically correct of you. No, because it's, it's true. true. It's, it's true, true because yeah. I mean, I just think like I mean, beauty isn't the eye beholder, but I think society needs to have a better relationship with the idea of fat because people don't like saying the word fat, and because there's a fear of using the word fat or people labeling themselves fat they have an aversion to people who are bigger. So that's why there is a, that's why people do take that stance of like real women have curves because that's kind of like the shaker of like society has implemented for decades of like people being bigger. And so for me, I understand I'm finding the word fat as just like not a word of empowerment, but it's like, it's just a word. Just like someone can be tall. Tall is not bad. Short's not bad. No. So just like I want to. Fat like, doesn't have to be fat, bad. Either. Yeah. That's how you know. That's how I feel about swear words. Yeah. They should just. I don't I know think, why they have so much value. <laughs> <laughs> like even, let's just use them. Care. I know. Let's just use them and devalue, <laughs> devalue them. I, just I think heard another. It, it becomes much more. I just think when uh, because the word fat is so negative, people are treated so, as such because they are in that category of fat. So there's people assume things about people's lifestyle people assume fat well in the i'm Don't talking about fat women i'm or... gonna talk about fat women because fat women get most of the stigma because oh, yeah. there's I'm a lot of fat men. men who can get away with certain things they're successful you know so when it comes to fat women guys and or people just people both, both all genders want to jump into the comments and be like oh she needs to lose weight oh she's probably unhealthy she probably has this this and that health things going on and people are like why do you jump on her about her weight when she's just drinking a coffee in her Instagram post. Whereas like the skinny girl drinking a coffee in Instagram post, you're just complimenting how she looks in her in her wear. You she could have anorexia. Social media is so yeah. weird. She like I have... feel bad for you guys. Because <laughs> if this was happening when I was in my twenties, I might have committed suicide. I don't know. Like it's really? just crazy. It's crazy to me the validity that social media that people feel they get from it or the lack thereof, you mm -hmm. know, the body shaming and all that. But I guess in a way it's good because it's to a platform, just like we were talking about President Trump being a platform for how it really is, how things really are. 
you know, and I think it trickles down into that stuff too. Body shaming is a type of prejudice or yeah, anything like that is just like we're was, all human. What difference does it make? I don't know. And I wanted to go back to what we were talking about, like having a, a, what we say to ourselves, because if you remember, each one of us is the mystic law. We are Miyoho. We are the Gohunzin, the Gohunzin's inside of us. So when you sl when we slander ourselves, you're slandering the Gohunzin. And so that's kind of, this is, this past, I feel like all through college, I've been making a, a very conscious effort to speak healthy of myself mm -hmm. and not um, slander myself because I have the infinite universe inside me and there's so much potential Imagine how me. much you're throwing it off kilter, too, by doing that. The yeah. whole universe is being affected by yeah. you doing that. Yeah, the whole universe. That's heavy, right? Yeah, that's, I think that's, that's a heavy thought. That should, I think that's why it's, I think this Buddhism is so wonderful because it empowers people. And there's, that's, when, when you say you have a universe inside of you, anything's possible. Anything's possible for your life. And that's why you can change your karma by chanting Nam Myoho Renge Kyo. You can do whatever you want to do. You can overcome. You can, like, just like Dasaku Ikeda, in a matter of, how, like, a, how many decades? We're in 2017, 17. and he came here in the 60s. Yeah. So 60 years, like, 60 years ago, I don't know what type. I think he had such a an infinite potential. He had so much well, he hope had foresight. For. He had a lot foresight of foresight and, and infinite wisdom, wisdom because... Yeah. To know that he could come here and propagate, I mean, and we just talked about this at my district meeting last week, you know, I love how uh, things are changing too within our organization mm -hmm. of which, you know, this podcast is not associated with, mm -hmm. um, but how there, it's always forward thinking. Yeah. Sensei is always forward thinking. And when he got here, there was a particular, I think it's in volume one of the new hum human revolution where you know, his behind the scenes, they're like setting up and they're like, okay, we're ready, you know, come in, look, check out, you know, make sure. I think they were in San Francisco. Maybe it was Hawaii. Because it was Hawaii, Hawaii the first Hawaii stop. Or Guam, yeah. yeah. And I just remember, he's like, where are the chairs? Mm. <laughs> and they're like, well, what do you mean? We don't use chairs. He's like, this isn't Japan. You know? And I thought, wow, like, He's respectful like of the he, culture. Like, he thought of that when no one else did. And it wasn't that anybody was trying to be rude or inconsiderate. It was just an, was, an oversight. That's all they knew, too? Yeah, it was yeah. an oversight. Mm -hmm. And the fact that it wasn't an oversight for him, I mean, I think lends to the credibility of his widespread propagation. And, and also how the power he of... he sees things bigger mm -hmm. than... And I think we should also remember, too, that Sakukita is just a regular man. And because of this practice, because he chanted Namurikyo, he read Nietzsche and Shonen's writings, he listened to Pre President Toda, you know, that's kind of, I think that's, we ha we can be like him and better. He actually says that. He's like, you can do what I do and a hundred times more. All, every single one Especially of you. Especially now with podcasting and social media <laughs> and yeah, you can have a wider YouTube, yeah. Soka channel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of, that's why I, I. I find empowerment in Buddhism. I think I'm taking it, I'm understanding, as I get older, what I've noticed since, you know, I think towards the end of my the last couple years of college and, and being out and after graduation, I'm finally understanding it. Like, especially when it comes to this Buddhism, you can get it theoretically. You can get it, you can chant and do all that stuff, but if you don't get it in your heart. I know people like that. Yeah, if you don't get it in your heart, you're not really, you're not really going to, have that that you know that that determination and that prayer that's like solid gold that's unbreak like unbreakable I don't know that's I think I understand I understand what I'm saying I don't know if you do <laughs> I do but yeah I think for me because I'm not a fortune baby like you we talked about this in the last podcast we are a generation apart you're a millennial I'm a Gen Xer I don't th I think it's cool that we can sit down and talk because we bring different yet similar perspectives to it. Um, I think for me, I'll be practicing seven years actually on the 22nd here in a couple mm. days. That's my Buddhist birthday. Um, of September? August. August. Sorry. We're still in August. Yeah. Um, August, I, I know people like, like what you're talking about. And for me, 
It's all about the actual proof. Yeah, that's how you can build that heart. If you, <laughs> yeah, are Faith, yeah. having the intention, you know, and listen, sometimes I get in front of the guns and, and all I'm thinking about is my grocery list, my laundry. Mm -hmm. You know, my shakabuka was like, that's okay. That's okay. If that's what you're thinking about when you're in front of the gohons and, and she's like, does it stay in that place? I'm like, no, not usually. Sometimes I'll jot down a list and then I'll put it aside. And she's like, right. And then it's gone and you're on to whatever the big things are. I'm like, yeah, totally. And so for me, it's like, I feel like your heart and your intention are in the right place. If you're showing actual proof, Yeah. the people who know this Buddhism theoretically, but not in their heart and soul. I see it. They, yeah. I see it in my own group. They don't have actual proof. Yeah. And maybe they do because here's the thing is like you have something really special, right? The universe is inside you when you have this practice. Everyone has that. Even the people that don't have this practice. Right. Everyone has that. Right. So when I see someone that I practice with regularly that uh, is so knowledgeable and can like name you know, pieces of the go shows. And I'm like, I am, I have not read the go. I mean, I've read go shows obviously in living Buddhism and all that, but I would love to have the book and read it front to back. Cause I never have, but buy you one. I just, awesome. <laughs> I just know that they have to have some proof because they're there. Mm -hmm. Like they're there and it's inside of them. Yeah. Uh, but it's like there's something is stuck. I feel like that's how it is with dieting too. There's like a, a switch. Well, actually, that needs yeah. to be flipped. Um, that's actually what we read today at my district meeting. How like how to experience breakthrough practice, and there are three keys to breaking through stagnation, and awesome. they're all. I think number one stuck with me. So first is break, base, prayer based on a vow. Mm. A vow, vow, not vowel. Vow. <laughs> <laughs> I knew a what promise, you said. I knew pledge. what you said. Okay. And so, uh, so I'm going to just summarize this. Okay. A breakthrough practice begins with prayer based on vow for Kozen Rufu. And Kozen Rufu is world peace through, you know, the propagation of Nishin Naishon and Buddhism. People to individual, uh, peace through individual happiness. Like, people know this philosophy and be, and be empowered by it. Of course, like, Kozen Rufu doesn't mean 100% of the world is chanting. It's more like, the people know about Kozen Rufu and know about Nietzsche Naishon's philosophy. We got maybe a third of the world. Like, there's different ways of Kozen Rufu can be defined. Everybody has a different definition, but it's more, but the very foundation peace. is world peace. Mm -hmm. And, and so, you can't have that unless you have it inside of you. Yeah. And exactly. It doesn't happen on a grand like, level exactly. unless you can tap into your own peace. Exactly. That's why when I said, you know, uh, everyone's an environment, sorry, everything in, the, in your environment is a reflection of you. So when you are at peace, your environment will be at peace, your community, state, your job. country, province, every yeah, job, everything, could then it's ripple effect. And it's so like har it's harmony. So when I guess that first sentence of a breakthrough practice begins with prayer based on vow for Kozen Rufu. When I chant, I don't like let's say I'm not feeling it. What I do is I put four Kozen Rufu after my prayer. So lately I've been feeling more determined to get my license and get a car. Because I've been feeling the need, I want to help. I feel like I'm limited in my in the in the movement for Kozen Rufu because of my lack of, of uh, transportation. It's awesome. So when I chant, it's more like I want to. I will get a car for Kozen Rufu. Yeah. And it's not a I want Gohanzen. Uh, when I chant, it's not uh, a wishing well. No. It's more like a determination with myself. Like I will get a car, and the car is already there waiting it's, for yeah, you. Yeah, it's waiting for me. It's just I'm. I need to get my line up yeah i gotta get myself in rhythm with the universe take action not i'm not gonna just chant and then just sit on my butt and kind of like oh we'll just come to me like no i'm gonna you know i'm gonna research cars i'm gonna save up money because then when, buddhism isn't about yeah. just prayer without action yeah this is this you is have to action. have action this is an action it's just based like clapping faith. yeah it's like clapping so this chanting action-based faith chanting is your left hand action is your right hand you come together it makes a sound but that's what this buddhism is <laughs> and so, totally. so that's number one prayer. So then, this is just step one of breakthrough. And number two, change begins within. So, if you're at a deadlock with yourself, um, to seek to make the law somewhere outside of you, outside of us, essentially amounts to evading responsibility for our own lives. Practicing Nichiren Buddhism means not being swayed this way or that. It means constructing a self that is solid and resolute, like towering Mount Fuji. 
But if we neglect this task and focus our energy somewhere else before we're even aware of it, we can end up veering onto the path of it, externally seeking the law. So you have to remember that nothing is outside yourself at all. Which I think is what sets this Buddhism apart mm -hmm. also from a lot of other faiths. And mm -hmm. I totally appreciate that's what I love about my Buddhism too is that I never I was raised Catholic I never really bought into any of that um, but now mm. that I have this Buddhism I have a much greater respect for people of other faiths who really um, have my mother-in-law is someone who has extremely strong Christian faith and I admire that in her although it's not what I s subscribe to um, uh, without this Buddhism, I didn't have that before. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't have, uh, um, I just thought it was all kind of a joke and, and whatever, but, but now I see that, you know, but I also, after experiencing Catholicism and researching other things before this kind of was dropped in my lap, literally that's how it felt that this was dropped in my lap like a gift. Um, you know, I think that's really what, what made me want to, continue to practice what do they say it's easy to begin it's hard to continue yeah I wanted to continue to practice because I knew that through this faith it was up to me mm -hmm. yep. and that the Gahonsen is a tool for me to be able to tap into what I need to tap into myself and in order to do that to help other people do mm -hmm. that as mm -hmm. well um, exactly and and that I think is definitely worth mentioning just because it, it is different than a lot of other yeah that's um that's actually what faiths. someone else brought up at the district meeting like how this is because nothing is outside of ourselves like everything so, so if you're having a problem with someone you have to be like okay you gotta look at yourself I look at yourself like what am i doing right how can like it's more like don't be like oh if, it, if this person just stopped doing this it will all be better it comes to judgment yeah. i always find like i can be very judgy and I, yeah, and I'm like, okay, you got to stop the judgment because then as soon as you stop that judgment, you're able to see yourself yes. more clearly in yes. that situation. Okay. <laughs> I was just like, I wanted you to finish because, okay, I don't know whether, where I read this. I'm hoping it was like Daisaku Keda, but it was definitely some, like something, uh, uh, like a, a a source like it maybe a psychologist okay. okay anger comes from like you said a place of judgment people who are angry oh, I think I read this in, in Daisaku I swear I'm gonna find it one day bring it back when I find it um anger people who are angry are very judgmental of themselves as, and others and so people who are angry are setting standards for others and they are kind of thinking to themselves why can't people be like this why can't people act like this and so they're in a constant state of anger because this person is not living up to their standards of of so like that's kind of how um that's how i was i was an angry kid growing up i'm definitely less angry now it's more like a <sighs> annoyed and frustrated i kind of get I, I can pass it and i kind of i don't know uh i always kind of remember like you know I'm not gonna say mad at this person forever because what if they they're gone the next day nothing from so it kind of I don't stick I don't I can't hold grudges I can't because I'm like is it worth it like if they were to leave tomorrow not exist on this planet ever again will I regret having this feeling in my heart being the last thing I feel for them and so with certain people I can honestly say no <laughs> I'm gonna tell you no well, I mean, if, you're not, if you're not close enough if I'm, if I'm mad at my dad or my mom I'm not gonna like I kind of just no, like, but like Look at what my, my mom did to yeah. me. Mm -hmm. You know, she accused me of stealing two mm -hmm. years ago. And I was afraid she was under duress with this crazy boyfriend. Mm -hmm. But I come to find out in June of this year, yeah. she's fine. Mm -hmm. And you know what? I'm done. Mm -hmm. And But I don't have a grudge. Like, it's not a grudge because I think a grudge makes you hold on. This practice has helped me work through with like, this is an Italian thing too. You guys can't see me, but I like wipe my hands of it, you know? Now, if she were to come back at me, I wouldn't shut her out, but I would tread carefully because she hurt me. You know, like what she did to me was like a death, you know? And so again, it's not a grudge, but like I think too, for me, this Buddhism has shown me 
how to protect myself too, you know, because it's sometimes, unfortunately, most of the time, it's the people you love the most that hurt you the most. Mm. It sucks, but... And there's definitely more atta emotional attachment right, to that. Right, And um, then when you share someone's DNA, it's like, that's my mom. Can you imagine your mom doing that to you? Actually, I can't. You know what's uh, crazy yeah. is, is our friend, a mutual friend of ours, her mom did the same thing and it's funny we really bonded on that for a minute but yeah it's um it's always weird to me too like when it seems like the people close to you sometimes can be the ones like you were saying earlier that put it down or like no you shouldn't do that or I think one thing I would encourage you to do show actual proof in your life because what happens I've, I've heard so many stories where people have a strange relationship with their parents and then their parents are practicing like then they and just because based on how their child is happier and they and they see it when they, or like something in their head I don't know like I just I send my mother a subscription yeah and she must know it's me because she knows I practice then the, she'll the thing is the crazy thing is is I found out when I went to Boston that she moved mm. and she doesn't know that I know she moved mm -hmm. but I got the address and then you and I renewed it and I sent it there. So that's where I'm trying to You're be. You're making a cause, Maria. Yeah, that's important. I'm, I'm trying, you're, you know. So that's why I, that's a good, the the way you're feeling like how you're you're not feeling like a grudge because you're making the causes right. already. You're, you're. And like, well, I want her in my life, but I've come to the conclusion that's but probably is, not going to happen, oh no, you know. This is publication, the, the, the practice, this has changed your life for the better. Mm -hmm. And you making that cause, giving her, exactly, President Ikeda's, Writings, guidance, Nietzsche and I Shonen's guidance. Something good will come of yeah, that. Yeah, you're, you're, you're giving her the tools, and I think there's gonna be a day one day she's going to read it. Maybe she is already. She hasn't told you. We yeah, don't know. Yeah. The thing My is, husband's like her boyfriend throws it in the trash. I'm like, we well, don't you know. know what? Maybe someone picks it out, and that person wants yeah. to go to a meeting. And you know what? Then you're, I'm happy about you're, that. You're making the cause, Maria. It's for it's for someone to be happy you totally and even like such as a person like your mom you're still making a cause for her to be happy that's i know you're that's your the actions speak loud me personally actions speak louder than words you giving publications this these diamonds made I of know, paper i know it's awesome yeah to someone that you care about care about yeah who you, has wronged in, me <laughs> so all you have to do yeah. is just show action proof in your life right make well and i do think it comes in other ways like i went on that trip and I'll be honest, I think I told you, like, I don't think I really wanted to see her. Mm. And then she just, poof, ended up not being there. Mm. Like, the way I found her address was her neighbor gave it to a friend of mine who knocked on the door. Oh, wow. And the neighbor was like, oh, but she has problems with her daughter and she doesn't want anyone to know where she lives. And my, my friend's mom has known my mom for, like, 50 years. Mm -hmm. And so she's like, well, I've known her and she hasn't responded. I'd be really worried and blah, blah, blah. But she's the one who did my dirty work. She went and did it so that because she knows that she's been, you know, spreading lies about me. Well, that's what you're, you said you didn't want to see her. I, your prayer was that. You actually didn't want to see her. And that's, and that's exactly what there. happened. Because, mm -hmm. I mean, your answer is, there, in this practice, no prayer goes unanswered. No. Even if it's... I wasn't ready. <laughs> yeah. That, like, I wasn't is. ready. We even drove by the house, and her car was there. My girlfriend's like, her car's there. Are you going to knock on the door? I'm like, nope. Mm. She's like, why not? I said, well, the neighbor said she was in Canada visiting her dying brother. Like, why would I go? She goes, what if she's back and her car's here? I'm like, I bet they took a cab and went to the airport. She's like, you're just... you." I'm like, keep driving. I didn't mm. want to go. I didn't. Because you you know you. Yeah. So and they would have called the police. Yeah. Because they've already... The, the police... When I went to the police station, they said, oh, yeah, you're not allowed on that property, but that doesn't mean you can't send your friend. Mm -hmm. So I thought the police were kind of helpful in that regard. Because they probably have many situations like that. Right. Right. And plus, especially with the elderly. It's like an epidemic with the elderly right now. Mm. But Oh, I wanted to get to part three. I know I said... Sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, no, no. It's fine. No, we had a good discussion. Okay. Okay, number three was exert all effort. So, um, you know, to avoid the kind of outwardly seeking half-hearted prayer that leads us to deadlock, it's important to strenuously exert ourselves to chant the Daimoku, Nam Yoho Rengekyo, of a Bodhisattva of the Earth. Full responsibility, determination, and mission for the sake of Kozenrufu and the happiness of others. While praying, quote, praying as earnestly as though the, 
to produce fire from damp wood mm-hmm. or to obtain water from parched ground. I and that is it. from rebuking slandered law from writings in each nation. So, like, that's kind of like I'm you, always hot when I chant. I'm always like, you're, 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 heating, you're warming up your Buddha nature. I noticed too, like, in the mornings, I yawn when I chant because I'm waking up my Buddha nature. And so, my husband I, does that too. He yawns, it drives me crazy, but. He does it all the time when we chant. So, mm-hmm. but I also realized, yeah, I also realized that has part of, to do with like the meditation aspect and your breathing part mm-hmm. of it. So, yeah, I, I, that's a nice way to put it. Yeah, <laughs> and just like, I like to, I constantly compare this practice to working out. You get out what you put in. If you're gonna go to the gym and do 30 minutes and you like half-ass everything, you're gonna get those results. But if you do those 30 minutes and you're like bam, 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 doing 100%, making sure yep. you're feeling that that burn, yep. you're gonna see those results. So with this practice, just like that, and practice means it's personal. It's to it's for you. You can't you can't have you can't practice for someone else. They won't gain benefits. You can not practice right. for you too. Yeah, so it's really a, a symbiotic relationship when you're talking about who and what you're chanting for, because you're chanting for your own happiness and for the happiness of others, and they go together. They really do. Mm-hmm. Like to chant full wholeheartedly for someone else all the time. That's great, yeah. and you'll probably get results yeah, too you, for you, that. You you receive benefits because I when I chant for other people's happiness, I feel like a level of closure. Well, I and know. I feel like I get a lot of benefit, like, mm-hmm. uh, inc- is it inconspicuous? Like, yeah. like I can't recognize it right away, uh, but it's like I get benefit from chanting for others. Plus, let's face it, like, it's kind of like what you were saying about the gym. I'll, I'll equate it to volunteer work. Yes. Like, people say, oh, it's you're so good to do that. Really, I get way more out of it than anybody I'm helping. Mm. You know, it's, it's true. Like, you get m- so much out of it. And I don't like to say it's ego-driven, because, I, but I do think some things are ego-driven, but I think this practice helps you to f- kind of switch that, too. Yeah, like, you don't even if you start mm-hmm. off in the ego place, I think this practice will put you past that. Yeah, it's to your Buddha nature. Right. Your being, right. of you. Your true self. Yeah, so yeah. that's kind of, too, with this Buddhism, it embraces the ideas of humans. Not ideas, sorry. The whole... Reality, reality, humanity, reality, yeah. human. How we're flawed. Like the whole Buddhism based well, on like very we're much flawed humanitarian and we're, philosophy. Yeah, it's humanistic. It's just, I love our meetings. It's yeah. like every background you can imagine, and 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 you know people from all different places and all different color skins and all different color backgrounds. And I just mm-hmm. think it's. Um, it really is a rainbow of humanity yeah. um, that and exists within our community. And we can, and I, I, I view, you know, our district meetings and, and other bigger meetings as like, this is what the world could be. Like, of course, we're all, of course, we're not, I'm, everyone comes to different point of views, but, you know, we're all coming together for Koza Rufu. We're all here to make ourselves better and the world a better place. Absolutely. And make others happy, make ourselves happy. And who doesn't want that? Yeah, why do Like, really, and I think for someone who found this later, in life as opposed to you uh not that that's good or bad or indifferent like I love that you're a fortune baby I love that um and I feel like you have so much wisdom because of that because you've been exposed to this all your life um I it's different for everyone for sure yeah yeah I I well I have so much to compare it to like Mm -hmm. what my life was before yeah, and I talked about that when your brother was at our district meeting. Like, I just um, didn't have the tools to. I don't know how to explain it really, but yeah, just work past the initial. Because I think when we're faced with a situation, something that might be scary or daunting or not in our wavelength, we are in these places initially. You know, they even say psychologically, right? There's psychology. Uh, you know, texts written about the different stages you go through when someone dies or the different stages. So I think a lot of this is definitely uh, comparable to that, if not interwoven with that. And, and my initial feeling about things that bother me are always hell, hunger, and then an- world of animals or animality, which we're going to talk about a little bit too. And, and, and I love how the practice breaks it down for you like this, because when you can see it, written like this and explained like this by chanting Nam-myoho Renge-kyo it doesn't mean you're not going to feel this but it's going to give you the ability to get into these higher worlds and not 
stay angry yeah. in your situation or sad or fearful or you're still going to feel that you're just not going to resonate in that with this practice in your life. Yeah. Would you say that's true? Mm -hmm. Yeah, because you recognize things in a different way. Yeah, you see yourself clearer. Yeah, especially when sure. you, especially with number two, changing is within. When you look at, when you stop trying to change everybody else, yeah, yeah and blame everyone you, else. And you stop and you just look at yourself because you're the only person you can control. Especially when people do things to you, you can, you're the only one who can control how you react to it and how you and you cope with it and how you think about it, and so. Well, I'm speaking as someone, just real quick, that found this practice when I was 37, and I'm 45 now, so 30, 37, 30, yeah, eight years, eight years yeah. Uh, I, this practice is why I'm alive. Mm -hmm. This practice is why my husband didn't leave, and this practice is why I have a son. I wouldn't have any of that if it weren't for this practice. Um, and I, if I wasn't dead, I would definitely be in jail. Mm. So, yeah. So I, and I like to tell people that cause people are like, what are you talking you? What are you talking? Like, yeah, I, my husband could have taken me away, had me put away for sure. He probably should have, <laughs> but he didn't. And then that's when the, op the opening came for this practice. Mm. Someone in my life saw how unhappy I was and how I was blaming it on others and said just meet me here like didn't even really say anything wow. and in that very moment my life started to change mm -hmm. so I think it's good to share that with people because I do feel that this philosophy saves lives mm -hmm. and homes and marriages and families you mm -hmm. know and I think as a fortune baby you probably see that in a different way you know because it's been in your life all along um, but you still see what I'm talking about I think you just see it in a different a different way because you've had enlightenment longer <laughs> you've had a l enlightenment around you or exposure yeah exposure, exposure to, yeah, to yeah, enlightenment because yeah. I think it's for me I'm I guess I my path different for a, a little bit a lot of other children born into the practice because I I mean I kind of went to school with a lot of quote-unquote fortune babies my university was like predominantly like right Buddhist nature nation and Buddhist right. and so like some people though go there that don't practice, yeah, there's right? no, yeah there's not there's a lot I was of telling Bella that that you don't have to practice to be no. there but yeah no, that's for sure it helps probably <laughs> yeah. I mean I don't know I, I I did have a lot of non-Buddhist friends on campus and so you know they kind of just like didn't really care about it it would just be different if, like, we had a big meeting. And they're like, where's everybody? Like, the whole cafeteria would be empty on, like, a Saturday morning <laughs> or yeah, a Sunday morning. Like, well, we're here. We're, 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 we're in LA. I think uh, that's <laughs> so real, though. Like, I love that story that you just told because it's, like, it isn't so much a, I, I think, a question of faith as, like, more of, like, where you are in your life. Like, at that age, yeah, I was probably hung over on a Saturday morning, you know? Whether I was a bodhisattva or not, I probably would have been no, hungover or still up or who knows. You a lot know? of kids were. A lot of kids went to meetings all hungover. Yeah. They really wanted to. They, they, made, they, probably, were they, they, they probably were emceeing. Well, they probably were And they made the, the effort and the determination. Yeah, that's, so that's what counts. That comes back to, you know, number three, all exert all out effort. I wanted to end with them. Um, when facing any challenge, it's important to attack it with all your might. Focusing all our efforts on this, on this challenge is the way to victory. The basic strategy in any struggle is to tackle it with all-out effort. Let's also advance with a determination to actively take on all challenges and experience the joy of achieving one exhilarating victory after another. With this kind of standalone prayer as a foundation, we can develop the best strategy and employ it with courage and perseverance. Our happiness is worth the effort. Totally. I think that's a great place to end. <laughs> that's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. And I have to go oh, pee. Me too. I have to pee too. So that's yeah. how we'll end. Thank you everybody who is out there. And uh, we'll be back. So long from the Angry Buddhas. Yeah. Stay happy. I want to say thank you. I want to say thank you. I got to say thank you. I've got to say thank you I've been so thankful I've been so thankful of you I've been so thankful I've been so thankful of you I've been so thankful Boy. 
single fan. I got so much fucking love, you don't understand. I can't wait till I can meet you and just shake your hand. Do a show in every city just to shake your hand. Uh. I've been working all night. I know I say that all the time, but it's never hype. I'm just trying to be a legend when I'm dead and gone. And I hope that I inspire every living soul. And it's funny how now lately, I reflect on how this music when it saved me. Used to doubt myself a lot, it drove me crazy. Now I'm firing off shots with no safety. I wanna say thanks.